right, all you Streetlight Crusaders and wrestling fans alike out there tonight. Welcome back to the Tuesday Night Special, and now it's time for us to talk about what happened during the second half of Monday Night Raw from St. Louis, Missouri. And what would happen on SmackDown before we get into that? What happened on Raw? Or more or less, what happened on SmackDown? Reason why we say that is because of what happened to Bailey and her major decision she decided to make after what happened with Damage Control. Because backstage, we would hear EO Sky, Asuka, and of course Kairi Zane all laughing at Bailey and what in the world her decision was gonna be. Only for Bailey to flip the script on her former damage control buddies for her to speak Japanese and say, You've all been laughing behind my back, making fun of me, thinking that this is all a joke, but I'm not a joke. And I know what's going on around here. I've been around here long enough to know when people don't believe in me. But she was really disappointed in EO, saying that when I started damage control, I wanted us to be at the top together. Why? Why, EO? Why? And before I go into a full American dad of why crow why, we would see why with the Kabuki Warriors and EO Sky joining in, beating the Living Daylight's flag tag out of Bailey. Only for Bailey to have a backup plan in the form of a lead pipe on the outside of the ring to go swinging for the fences that not only take it to Asuka and Kairi Zane, but try to take it to her former damage control buddy. Only for her to go outside the ring and for Bailey to make her decision to say, I'll see you at WrestleMania, EO. And this reminds me almost similar to what happened with Evolution back when Batista had to make a major decision with the exception that Triple H and Ric Flair would try to get, you know, none other than JBL to be the one to try to go for the jump for the faction to have all the championships. Huh. Almost similar. Almost. But besides comparing a WrestleMania that took place almost 19 years ago... Wow, 19 years ago since WrestleMania took... Well, before I feel any older than I already do, folks, the next match to take place on Monday Night Raw would see none other than Ivar and Valhalla going one-on-one against Maxine and Akira Tozawa. Now, before this match could take place, Michael Cole would be pissed off about the fact that Valhalla would not be wearing her horns. And <laughs> we would hear from Pat McAfee calling him an idiot because he, she's still a Viking. And the fact the last time she wore her horns led to a loss in five seconds while she was in the Rumble. And then Pat McAfee would say, you know what? Maybe I should wear some horns because I was in the Rumble for a least amount of times too. She's still a Viking in modern age. What's wrong with you? But outside of Pat McAfee trying to snap Michael Cole out of his horn fetish, next thing you know, during this match, we would see not only a sunset flip by Maxine Dupree for a near fall, even an assisted crossbody by Maxine to Ivar, to none other than Ivar, thanks to Maxine Dupree with me getting a little mixed up because Valhalla would break up the pinfall, which technically would be... Would it be a disqualification call in Maestro? They're shrugging their shoulders, but yep, led to a near fall. But ultimately, the thing that would clear up my confusion would be the closing of this set contest, folks. Because after a spin kick to the face of Tozawa and a pop-up headbutt, 
by Valhalla the Maxine. We would see Akira Tozawa trying to stop the Doom Salt, only for him to get a little bit worse with an avalanche world strong and slam for him to be turned into a pancake instead of a graduate of the Alpha Academy via pinfall. For, you know, the team of the Viking Raiders to win this match. Or, you know, one part of the Viking Raiders with Valhalla. I still count it as the Viking Raiders, so let's just move along. Because the next thing to take place on Monday Night Raw would see the Judgment Day still making their plans for the road to WrestleMania. For them to say that, yeah, you know, Rhea's alright, she's pissed off, but she'll cool down. But you guys got things handled tonight, right? And would we'll be referring to JD McDonald and Dominic Mysterio only for our truth to show up for the judgment day to be perplexed and confused at the same time for Finn Balor to say, you know what, there was no initiation for you to be a part of this ever. And you know what? I give up. I'm out. You know, Damien, you handle this. Only for Damien Priest to say, truth, you know what? Make yourself at home, whatever. And then for our truth to say, all right, I got you. And would say, hey, you got some t-shirts here. I'm going to go pawn them off. Only for our next match <laughs> to take place on Monday Night Raw to be none other than JD McDonald going one-on-one -on -one against The Miz. Now, prior to this match, The Miz would say that R-Truth has found a crazy line between crazy and genius. And last week, he believed that was some sort of initiation, but he said that it was a declaration of war, and the Judgment Day has no idea what they've gotten themselves into after what they've done to our truth And to prove that, we would see The Miz not only clothesline the Daylight's flag tag out of JD McDonald during this match, even beating him up on the outside of the ring and suplexing him from the timekeeper's area into the regular part of the ring on the outside. Ouch, ouch. But the second The Miz started to get things rolling, Dominic Mysterio would end up coming from out of nowhere flipping him by the leg and for JD McDonald to knock him into the announce table, him meaning The Miz, and then for Miz to watch onward as JD McDonald hit a standing moonsault combination to him for near fall. But just when things were going great for JD McDonald, here he comes to wreck his day, to quote Jim Carrey in Liar Liar, because we would see R-Truth making his way to the ring, handing out t-shirts to the fans, and JD, who would take his eye off the ball, would just miss his moonsault off the top rope and get jaw jacked with a kick to the face, for the Miz to come back with a crossbody for near fall. And we would even see Dominic Mysterio getting a t-shirt fitted on him for the Miz to kick him in the face because, as Michael Cole would say, that t-shirt fitted him like a straitjacket. I say it fit him like a glove. Because immediately after that, folks, we would see JD McDonough hitting a headbutt and a moonsault still for near fall. But ultimately, this match will come to an end again after JD McDonald would finally get his cut and be acknowledged as a part of the Judgment Day. But just before he would count the money, I got a feeling he would count the lights in the arena afterwards because he would get hit with a skull crushing finale for The Miz to win this match via pinfall. And after the match was over, you would see R-Truth collecting the money off the ground for 
Dominic Mysterio to say, what are you doing? And for JD to still look up at the lights? For R-Truth to go up the ramp while wearing a crossing guards vest and for him to just, I guess, high five the Miz or raise his hand in victory for us to still be confused on what in the world R-Truth is doing but laughing along the way. <laughs> then you would see immediately after that, none other than Imperium backstage talking about all the arrangements for what's gonna happen with the celebration of the Intercontinental Champion being champion for 600 days only for Braun Breaker to walk in the room and for Adam Pierce to say, shoo shoo, get out of here. I'm, I'm trying to conduct business. Leave, get out of here, get out of here. And then say, hey, Braun, how you doing? Now, you know, that contract that Adam Pierce gave you or that, um, that the other GM gave you, it doesn't compare to this one. Look at this one. And then for Braun to look in approval as we would make an update on CM Punk saying that he's in a lot of pain, but it's more mental than physical and that his comeback is gonna be the greatest of all time. I can't wait to see it. But outside of his upcoming comeback, folks, we would see Kaiser introducing Gunter to the ring for his 600-day reign as Intercontinental Champion with Pyro and Pillars Galore, only for him to say he appreciates it, but he doesn't want it going forward because he knows he's still going to be Intercontinental Champion and it's going to be pointless to celebrate it for 700 days, 800 days, 900 or a thousand days because he will still be the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And he's running out of competition and who's gonna face him next? For next thing you know, that happened was the theme song of theme songs hit of it's just me, Oos. And then for a whole arena to have their hands going up and down like it's at some form of block party, including Pat McAfee joining in in the fun too. Only for Gunter to say the last time he's seen him was when he eliminated him from Rumble. And then would go on further by saying that this is a sign of disrespect of what you're doing right now. For Jey Uso to say that he earned his stripes, you became the longest Intercontinental Champion of all time, but he wants a crack at the gold. Only for Gunter to give him his props saying that you became the longest tag team champion of all time, the longest reigning tag team champion of course, but you hold the record for only doing 50% of the work. And he did all of this on his own. But in the beginning, he had help from, you know, Kaiser and Vinci, but we're gonna gloss over that apparently. Because then we would hear Jey Uso say, well, now you're just gonna get 100% of this work. And then would immediately hear Gunter saying that, yeah, it only took you 15 years to step out of the shadow of your family, but I'm gonna beat you so bad when you fight me for this championship, you're gonna wish for the good old days where they couldn't tell you apart from your own brother. And then would push him after saying, oos, and then that would lead to an all out fight. But unfortunately for Jey Uso, he forgot the numbers game that none other than Gunter would have in the ring and it would come back to haunt him because Kaiser and Vinci would jump on him like white on rice. And then immediately would see the New Day making their way out to the ring to beat the Daylight's flag tag out of Kaiser and Vinci because business ain't finished yet between them. And to quote Xavier Woods and more or less Austin Creed from Up Up Down Down during their GM mode, 
as the rivalry grows. <laughs> but with that rivalry growing, folks, with no gold on the line, we go into something that does lead to a little bit of gold, which would see none other than the party girls of Carter and Chance going one-on-one -on -one against the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And during this match where action would go back and forth, we would see a Matrix move to avoid the kick of Asuka for Chance to actually pull a counter leading to a near fall. Then we would see a kick combination by none other than the Kabuki Warriors to Kari or to Cater in this match, still for near fall. Even seeing an assisted rope stomp by Chase right to Kyrie's spinal cord that still led to a near fall. But ultimately, this match will come to an end that again after a beautiful tag team combination of the after party to Kyrie Zane or to Asuka according to Carl and the Maestro that would lead to a kickstand that would get stopped by Kyrie Zane for none other than chance to land awkwardly but to get set up perfectly for the assisted insane elbow combination that we're gonna call the Shadow Strike for the team of the Kabuki Warriors to win this match via pinfall. You know, the best name for the move that we could come up with for now, for now. <laughs> and the next thing to take place on Monday Night Raw would see Sami Zayn in the stands prior to Monday Night Raw talking about how incredible his year was and the fact that we would hear that after his epic clash with Roman Reigns last year that Triple H would tell him that he's like Rocky Balboa an underdog and somebody who was hungry and went the distance with the champ sort of reminding me of Cody Rhodes but nevertheless when hear Sami Zayn saying that he wants to prove to the fans that their love for him and their belief in him was worth it and was right after all and would still sit in the stands as we would make our way into our main event of the evening which would see none other than cody rose going one-on-one -on -one against shinsuke nakamura in a bull rope match now if you're confused at home why in the world this match is taking place and I hate to go into the Wayne's World machine of way way back to help you figure it out but we might as well. Because after this weekend and all of the We Want Cody chants and on Saturday while Cody Rhodes was making his way backstage, he would get missed it in the face by Shinsuke Nakamura for him to be on the ground writhing in pain just like he was on SmackDown after that big announcement of a potential blockbuster main event that a lot of people or select people didn't want. I'm gonna be Switzerland here and just be impartial to the whole thing, but nevertheless, folks, during this match, we're actually go back and forth with see Shinsuke Nakamura in the opening parts of this match, tossing the cowbell at Cody and kicks him right in the head to kick off this match, literally and figuratively. Only for Cody Rhodes to stop Shinsuke Nakamura from leaving the arena by pulling him over the barricade with the said rope and even pull him into the coat, into the post. I was about to say the coast, but the post, the post. <laughs> but then immediately after that, we would say Shinsuke Nakamura with knees to the gut off the top rope 
only for a near fall on Cody Rhodes. Even seeing that water slide German suplex, but the Kinshasta countered into a Cody cutter. And then for the second attempt at the Kinshasta, Wicked countered into a pedigree for near fall. Even seeing Miss to the eyes, thanks to Shinsuke Nakamura for the second time in under 48 hours, only for a crossroads to take place, still for near fall. But ultimately, this match will come to an emphatic end after a third attempt at the Kinshasa that would get countered directly into a low blow with the bull rope and a crossroads for Cody Rhodes to win this match via pinfall. But after the match was over in, in typical Pyrrhic victory form for none other than Cody Rhodes, we would then see Drew McIntyre playing spoil sport, hitting him in the back of the head, then hits him with a Claymore kick in the face, only for better late than never, <laughs> Sami Zayn to come out to the ring, help him out, only for Cody Rhodes to get back up on his feet and for him to say that, yeah, after this whole week to hear you guys want me, it's, 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 it was a lot for him because he would start, you know, tearing up in the ring and said, because I wanted you guys for so long too. For Raw to end on a happy note for Cody Rhodes, but at the same time, what will that press conference be like on Thursday? Will we see Cody Rhodes finally make his decision? Will Rhea Ripley get a revenge on Nia Jax? And will we see some form of order and decorum on Monday Night Raw? Highly doubt it, but we'll find out next week on another thrilling edition of Monday Night Raw. On this road to WrestleMania that is wilder than Lombard Street in Las Vegas. Or apparently according to Call and the Maestro in San Francisco. See, we get our places confused, that's why they're here. <laughs> And I guess with that said, folks, we might as well head back to that music once again. And when we return, we'll be back with more of the Tuesday Night Special right after this. So don't go watching those late night infomercials just yet, folks. And stay tuned.